American soccer fans, welcome to episode 57 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. This episode is going to be a fun one. You're probably going to laugh. Uh, I hope you do, because I definitely laughed throughout this entire interview uh, with Alexis Guerreros and Christian Polanco of the Cooligans, who were so kind to take some time out of their schedules to join me and talk about American soccer, talk about their show, talk about pizza jerseys. We talk about just about everything uh, for two guys who are incredibly, incredibly talented uh, comedians that kind of started. They linked up together and they were able to form the Cooligans. They've been on tour. They've they again, they have a TV show. They have a podcast and really are just involved in this space called soccer. but have created their lane of funny and combining the funny with the soccer is something that is very, very rare. Uh, and so I asked them about that as well. So uh, again, the Cooligans, their show airs on Thursdays at 7 PM on Fubo sports network, but you get to listen to them here on episode 57. So here it is my interview that I just completed a couple moments ago with Alexis Guerreros and Christian Polanco. They are the Cooligans. So as I mentioned, we have a wonderful interview today. I am so pleased to be joined by two awesome, hilarious guys. They have their own TV show that airs Thursdays at 7 p.m. on Fubo Sports Network. They have their own podcast. They're comedians. They do it all. Alexis Guerreros and Christian Polanco together. They are the Cooligans. And my guys, it's good to see you both. Uh, it's been a minute, but uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, man. Yeah, we're uh, we're huge fans of you yeah the last time we saw you i believe was at the uh, the women's world cup send-off game at rebel arena and i think that mm -hmm. might have been the first time we met uh as well if i if i'm not mistaken but <clears throat> you were one of those people that was like you're the guy on twitter who i see on camera <laughs> at every single u.s <laughs> men's and women's national team game and i have a yeah. lot of questions on how you do all of this <laughs> yeah man say, it, it, I, the last time i saw donald was holding up a homemade trophy at every team <laughs> game it wasn't even mine person. it wasn't even mine i just I, I just borrow them from people and then all of a sudden the camera shows up it's, it's how funny how paying, that works how much are you paying these camera people to find you in the uh, i, I don't the pay them anything I, know. you know they should be paying me for this you know premeditated <laughs> face that i have on of that's, course. that's made for podcasts when i see donald ratings go up baby <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, look, see, this is exactly what we're talking about. You guys are hilarious. Uh, I want to start by how you got to this point where you both are right now. You have, how did a, a kid from Brooklyn and a kid from Newark end up link up to form the Cooligans for those listeners who are out there who just maybe learn about you? How did you get to this point? A lot of bribes, a lot <laughs> okay. of blackmail. Okay. So, you know, typical FIFA stuff. All right. You know, you know oh yeah. We should bring that. <laughs> We learned from watching you, Sepp. Uh, <laughs> Christian, has this ever happened on the show? Uh, Christian and I are both stand-up comedians, professional stand-up comedians for, at this point, 12, 13 years. Uh, are we counting the pandemic year? Uh, 12, 13 uh -huh. years. And um, did a lot of Zooms uh, during that year. But, uh, yeah, we just saw each other on the scene, and then we kind of figured out we both like soccer, and we... Uh, I had a different podcast. He had a different podcast, that, and we decided to do an episode that was kind of like together. Like we did each other's podcast at the same time, 
and shared it on both platforms. And that was the first time that like we had worked together. And I've told the story a million times, but when I first met Christian, I didn't like him. I thought he was a little pompous. Uh, apparently I was projecting because it's everything I am. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a little bit much. <laughs> um, but very quickly, we kind of formed a friendship. And I think what we realized is we're so different that it works really well. So when NYCFC started, I said, hey, season tickets are real cheap. Uh, come stand next to me. Uh, so we both got tickets there. We made people around us laugh. And I said to Christian, I'm like, I mean, if we could make people around us laugh, we could probably do this on like video or on a podcast. We did a couple of videos. We started doing the podcast and that's when it took off from there. Uh, the podcast was the first thing that really sort of uh, found us a, a, a fan base or a group of people that liked what we were doing. And we just kept going from there. And, you know, two years ago became a TV show. And here we are. And finally, after all that hard work, you reached out. It's, I mean, it took a lot. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, as far as how we got here, I mean, I think the 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 constant grind of the stand up comedy scene. I mean, we've been doing that uh, for years. We were doing that essentially about six years before Cooligans was even an idea, and that helped us cut our teeth in uh, in in an industry that is. Um, uh, where we got to understand the entertainment world and we got to understand just how to how to do a podcast, how to uh, uh, be funny for long stretches of time. And then uh, how to keep we, going when nobody appreciates you. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And then we're just trying to bring that into uh, the, the soccer space, which already consists of so many people who contribute so much into this American soccer, you know, gumbo <laughs> to, to and, and don't always ask for anything in return. Uh, and and it was, I think it was that drive of like we, we were you know we were making no money for five years and then it finally finally something happened so uh, that that dedication uh, helped us you know uh, persist and, and get to where we are now. So speaking of the dedication, right? Like I think we were talking about the Women's World Cup and how we met at the send off, but it was actually 2018, and I don't know if you guys remember this in Richmond. You guys were doing a World Cup comedy tour. Uh, and I was at the Richmond show representing. Oh, AO okay, okay, was, okay. You know, we did the little segment with the goalkeepers with uh, Taylor and Dale from the uh, Total Soccer Show. Shout, right, right, shout right. to uh, shouts to those guys. Uh, but how you obviously you're good friends with them, and you're you become friends with a lot of other people in the space. But I want to ask you guys, how difficult is it to combine soccer and the funny? You guys have kind of carved out a lane where you can do that, and I know how hard it is to keep people laughing and keep people also educated on the game at the same time. So how do you do it? I think for what we decided, and I think Total Soccer Show is a great example, um, and, you know, obviously, rest in peace uh, to Daryl Grove, a good friend of ours. Um, but I think when we decided to start doing a podcast, Christian and I, like, sat down and talked about, like, what is it that we could bring to the table? And I think it's very evident that, like, we're not going to be – I mean, Total Soccer Show was an example of, like, Here's someone that here's two people that are doing it at a really good job. There are a lot of facts and some jokes. So Christian and I decided we're not gonna have no facts and all <laughs> jokes. And I think and honestly, like that's kind of how we go after it. Like we decide, like, you know what? We're not gonna focus on, you know, always being able to and I, you know, I did an episode of Total Soccer Show where we did like where we rewatched the match and they were like, Wow, you guys, you know, both of you actually do know what you're talking about when it gets yeah, so of course, but like for the show, what we do best is be funny. So we're just going to be as funny as possible. And we hope, you know, Christian puts it in a great way. Like, the, uh, we we don't know that we could turn comedy fans into soccer fans, but we definitely know 
we could find comedy fans that are soccer fans and then maybe we could start to bridge those worlds together and that's kind of what we've what we've hoped to achieve i don't know if we've done that yet or if we're on our way but that's kind of what we've been going after yeah and um the you know the the, the premise uh, or the idea when we first started what wasn't like oh we're gonna be these comics in this space because nobody's doing it's like Literally, there was none of that planned at all. I, I think after doing this for a couple years, we started realizing that there really isn't that that merger of of comedians and soccer, right? Where uh, we've interviewed at this point hundreds of players, and and I'll ask a lot of them. I said, "Have you ever met a comedian? Literally ever." It could be one of the most famous players you've ever known. Just have you ever met one? And they're like, oh, you know what? I, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever met a comedian. And that's like so surreal because every other athlete in almost every other sport has there, there's, you know, Kevin Hart is doing stuff with the Olympics. Snoop Dogg's doing, you know, they, they're doing stuff together. The NBA, the, the all-star game has comedians play in the celebrity game and things like that. And there isn't that, that, um, that connection. And I think we're trying to do that. You know, it'd be, it'd be easier if we were just like super famous comedians uh, uh, and more people would be aware. But I think what, what's happening, even in, in the comedy world, there's more comedians. When we started the podcast... Our friends, our close friends were like, what are you wasting your time for talking about soccer? Who watches soccer? Nobody cares about that sport. And now comedians are like, yo, uh, I saw this new MLS team. Yo, can, can you help me get tickets? Or do you know how? Stuff like that. I'm like, all right. So the tide is kind of turning. You know, maybe we're not. Maybe we won't be the comedians that completely uh you know help soccer skyrocket <laughs> to the moon um but it's it i feel like you know how everybody is uh you know and I, and I feel this a lot when we go to the the isc uh meetings we have been lucky to perform uh, for in the in the uh the independent supporters uh council and when we're in that room and you see how everyone is coming together to basically volunteer and try to help grow the sport, that's kind of what I feel like we're doing. We're just we're just using our skills uh, to help propel the sport, you know, and put it in a better light. And on the comedy side, like, who are your inspirations? Like if someone's like, hey, I've never heard the cool perform stand up or, you know, listen to their show or whatever. What is what kind of inspirations do you take from the comedy side and apply to this kind of new lane that you guys have created? I mean, I don't really think there are many. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of like comedians have been able to bridge the gap in the sports, and there aren't. I mean, I, personally, I just I like there was a uh, when I was a kid, I, I saw a repeat of a show in Comedy Central, a guy by the name of Dom Irera, who he was like. He kind of I don't know if it, if it was just that episode, but he was like messing with someone who played with the Steelers. And I just remember being like, this guy could murder this comedian. Dom Herrera has always looked like a little <laughs> old man. And he's just making this guy laugh. And it's supposed to be about sports and it very clearly isn't. But it's also not like a prank show. Like the guy knew this wasn't going to be about sports. And I think that probably is all the only thing I can ever think of that's kind of close to what we hope to achieve. I think the video we did with NYCFC recently where we're like, going over because we're we're big we're big soccer fans so we're really interested as to what what goes through the player's mind when they have this incredible free kick and blah 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 but the questions i'm going to ask are different than someone who played for so many years and then maybe had like a bad knee injury and then got into media like 
they they have a certain understanding. They're not going to ask questions from the same place a fan does who's never played the sport at that level. So I'm like, how do you, who negotiates, who gets to do the free kick? Like, I'm asking questions from someone who's never done it before. And because I'm a comedian, I'm trying to be as funny as possible. And I think that kind of gives you a good example of what Christian and I have been sort of begging for six years to achieve, which is just put us in a room with, with players. Trust us, it'll be funny because we don't know what we're talking about and we're going to be <laughs> kind of dumb and it's going to be funny in a funny way, obviously. Yeah, and, and it's just cool to see. Uh, I mean, it's great getting to be the arbiter of that and getting to be like interacting with those players. Um, but even for me as like, even when I'm watching it back, I'm like, this is great. I've never seen soccer players like interact with comedians this way. And, and the cool thing about the Cooligans is that the Cooligans could only exist in the United States. There's no way we could be in England and have the level of access. It, it is the wild west out here. This is why like, uh, 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 like American soccer fans maybe. I, I don't know exactly if they may not know how how short the degrees of separation you are to your favorite player. You could see them uh, either walking in the street. You can um, try to go to training. You could see them leaving the stadium. They'll take pictures. It is it is a completely different world out in in the the football mad countries. So uh, that is what is like the the kind of exciting thing that we were like the fact that not only can we bring our like as stand-up comedians like i mean my favorite comedian was like you know george carlin uh, I, I, and current like it's like john mulaney and and sarah silverman like i like wordy uh comedians chris rock like clever chappelle like i that that is wh where um my like comedic inspiration comes from but when alexis and i work together the dynamic is ridiculous we're silly people like it's like comedians in a green room and we get to talk about soccer it's like it, it's it's so fun and you know we notice it the most especially when we're on twitch because like people mm -hmm. are interacting with us live and it's like man like there is a a, a an overlap there's of of like soccer fans comedy fans and and people who want to be involved in seeing the sport grow and and th that that's why i appreciate it a, a little bit uh, differently than simply if someone's like a fan of comedy they're like oh you, i like those jokes you told cool but then if somebody's like oh i'm, I'm a fan of the cooligans it's like you are you are a fan of the fact that we're funny but you're also like oh i i'm i'm in this fight with you to help uh uh grow the game right and by the yeah. way anyway, everyone listening i also don't know what arbiter means so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I mentioned you guys are carving out your own lane. It's, it's starting to be duplicated. I don't know if you know this, but but El Chiringuito the last couple of weeks <laughs> has been trying, trying wow. to match you guys with, with <laughs> their spice. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to gotta keep going. Make sure they're, you're always one level Look, up on them. That's but it. One thing that you're not talking about is the number one story in the soccer world. Of course, I'm talking about. Josh Sargent going to Norwich. Uh, <laughs> going to Norwich, U.S. Men's National Team winning two continental championships, uh, both over Mexico. Uh, for you guys, you obviously like you know American soccer. You both are NYC UFC fans. You watch MLS for all its flaws, and and mm -hmm. you follow the you know the national teams. What about this summer has you excited the most about the men's national team as we get towards World Cup qualifying? Is it the players, or is it just Again, the spice that you've kind of seen in some of these games that they play. 
I I just it, you know it's so funny like when Cooligans before we had a TV show we were a podcast we were building and that we we started to see like a lot of momentum and I we got invited Christian couldn't go but we got invited to uh, be a part of like a watch party for the match against Trinidad and Tobago uh, where we obviously lost and didn't qualify for the World Cup but if people remember the lead up to that match was a, a thousand things have to go wrong for us to lose. So it's going to be a party, right? Um, <laughs> and I walk in moments. I get there a little late. I walk in moments after the uh, Omar Gonzalez uh, own goal. And the mood is so weird. And I was just, I was listening to it in the car on the way there. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is going great. And like <laughs> literally the only thing I missed was his own goal. And uh, the mood was really sad. And I remember, obviously, we lose. Obviously, don't qualify. I'm driving home. Like my eyes, I, I'm not blinking. I'm like staring forward, like, oh my God, did is Cooligans done? You know, is like are people just gonna turn off on soccer because of this? And all of these negative thoughts are going through my head of like, yo, this could be it. From that to where we are now, beating Mexico twice in two finals in the same summer is just I mean, we're what, we're I think eighth or ninth in the in the world right uh, now. Uh tenth as of tenth. as of this morning, yeah. Tenth. Yeah. Apparently okay. they kept Mexico ahead of us, but in, we we know the score. Who knows? You know, yeah. Yeah. We know what's up. Jeez, we know both scores. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, but still, just to be in the top 10, to be where we are, to where we were, and even where we are, you know, at that time, you know, even going into the pandemic, we weren't in the same place that we are now. Christian and I are like, there's, it seems like we're getting more and more opportunities. And that was a concerted effort to say, like, as soon as the pandemic started, like, you know, people are going to be in a really bad place. We need to give out as much content as possible and make sure people have some level of entertainment during this and you know like we might have burned the candle at both ends but at least people felt people connected with us like to see where we are now and where the men's national team is now and, and things are starting to get better nothing's perfect but there's a there's a hope a lot of these kids are young that to me is like the fact that like we could see some of these players blossom for the next six seven eight years if we might have two world cup cycles with these players really fully in their prime i want to see where weston mckinney's gonna end up i want to see where tyler adams is gonna end up like, all these things are just so exciting that, to me, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and for me, the, the I mean, it, it is exciting just because I, I remember after we won the Nations League match, I somebody was uh, talking to me, uh, like, at a Sunday League game, and they were like, oh, uh, you know, for, for the Gold Cup final. And I was like, man, for whatever reason, I just feel like the U.S. is going to win. I know this is not the, the ace squad, but I don't know why I have this confidence, but I feel like it's a real possibility. And there, even watching both of those matches, the confidence that that the U.S. men played with, the 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 lot, the kind of like um, fear that Mexico played with a little bit too, making those mistakes that they usually just do not make. Um, I mean, it, you know, for the there, it, it's been a, a, a battle for whatever forty years, or you know, that we've been actually like really paying attention to it, uh, and. It's I, there's a level of I mean be, working in the space now and and being a fan there is um, a, a such a deep rooted connection now that we we've spoken to so many players we've befriended players on the national teams that that it, it's like it, it feels different than you know when you see a, a, an Instagram story or post about a win or a loss I'm like. Let's go. You know, I feel yeah. like it's mm -hmm. like such a deeply it's just a more deeply personal. And it, it's something that I wish uh, I, I was, you know, for, for like like for a lot of people. And we got to talk to, you know, Landon Donovan about this. But that Algeria goal, 
like I, and I told him this, I said, that goal knocked a soccer consciousness into me. Like I knew I enjoyed the game. I played FIFA and I watched it. I used to watch World Cups or whatever. But that goal was why I literally was jumping on my bed celebrating that goal. And I'm like, I was by myself. I don't know why that nothing like that had happened prior. Uh, mm-hmm. So those moments, the, the the fact that I get to kind of almost live them every day on being in soccer Twitter and uh, arguing with pro rel this and you know why is Burhalter starting this whatever like <laughs> I'm like as frustrating as it is I'm like I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, it, it, you could I, I could just tell just by your answers like how emotionally invested you are. Like as yeah. fans, we're emotionally invested. So as a media person someone who's in media does tv does podcasts you guys still have that emotion in there and i think that is what resonates about your show is that you're able to express that in a funny you know obviously in the lane that's different everyone else in a funny way but you're still able to resonate that so having said that i want to talk about the women for a second because this is the only country on earth where getting bronze apparently is a failure right like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we go for gold and we end up bronze everywhere else they're like bronze awesome here we have to ask what do you think went wrong for the women's national team and where do they go from here uh, so i ask you guys what what's what do you feel like is should be next for the women's national team we get bronze we're still the defending two-time world cup champs but what needs to happen from here to defend that trophy in a couple of years um i you know i think i struggle with the idea of like wanting to see some some fresher blood and some some younger players and I think one of the things that America does incredibly well on the women's side is develop some really incredible players. And there's some really fun and exciting, you know, Mitch Purse comes to mind right away. Just fun, exciting young players that I would love to see start to get more of an opportunity because the last thing I want to see is them not get those opportunities to kind of like learn on the job a little bit and, and learn what these pressure moments are. But at the same time, I don't ever... I don't ever want to see Megan Rapino not playing for the women's national team. You know, I don't ever want to see, you know, uh, like Ali Krieger when she got back in was such a big moment for us because it was so funny when we saw her at the women's national team media day before the World Cup. She was like, it was because of you guys because we had joked around. We're like, yo, I'm telling you, you're going to make it. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we're, I'm telling you, <laughs> like, we would say, like, yeah, you're going to make it. So she joked around and said it was because of us. Like, those things, like, it's so great to see these players that have done so incredibly well. But I, I do think, there is the there there may be the opportunity to start to bring in some fresher players and fresher ideas. Uh, you know, what, yeah, what are the kids doing? You know, <laughs> let's get them <laughs> here. A couple TikTok dances. What are we doing? You know? <laughs> I think, yeah. I, I, look, this is what I would like to see for the women's national team and how the, the women's national team is sort of uh, discussed and how women's soccer is discussed. And I think what what NWSL is doing, uh, uh, women's Super League, like the. I like that we are having these conversations and we it's almost a, it's like a little bit challenging to be critical of women's soccer players in in to the in the same degree that uh, the men are criticized. And because it, it would all it would feel a little bit ridiculous sometimes because like given the paid disparity and all these other it, like it would be like it's like beating a dead horse. Like, why are you criticizing us on top of the fact that it's already challenging for us to even just do the job? But when it comes to the women's national team being the the best in the world, they they are open for a little bit more criticism. And I and, and Vlako is open for more criticism. And I think from a tactical perspective, Vlako got things up you know a lot i think he got it wrong i think he he thought 
it kind of like this is where I think like we've seen comments from like from players about like Jill Ellis and basically saying like it it doesn't matter who's coaching these players are so good they could have won a World Cup or they could have won the Olympics but I think maybe a World Cup is a little bit different but the Olympics in particular the shorter rest I think the the the, the, you know, having the more veteran players, which is great for experience, but you just need younger players to play in that in that specific tournament. I think that specific tournament is not built for the younger player. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, player, for the older yeah. player. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think with the rest with, in the turnaround. Exactly. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. with that um, in mind, I think Flacco kind of had it wrong with with some of the lineups, with the, some of the players that he, he called in. Um, it would have been. Uh, Great to see uh, Lynn Williams play more. Would have been great, uh, and and you know they were the, the the alternates that got to that got to play. Would have been uh, great for um, uh, Casey Kruger to play more as well. So things like that, I I, I think Vlaco is now on a has that shorter leash. I mean we have to the, the, it, it especially with how how great Sweden played. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, and and how everybody played us great, right? and it's like, yo, why, we're not just we're just not used to that, and and so that having that kind of putting his feet to the fire, uh, and and to 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 one, obviously play better in these tournaments, have play better in these friendlies. I'm hoping that they play more uh, European teams. Sorry if I'm going on for so so long, but this is it's just no, like no, you're good. I, I'm thinking about all this stuff. Like they, if we if we are going to be the best, you have to be criticized as as the best teams, and and you have to maintain that standard. Again, this is the only country in the world where a coach comes in, literally goes undefeated for like two years, <laughs> loses one game, or like nah nah, he's on the hot yeah. seat now. He's got to go. Told you, um, trash. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, got to redo it. Get throw it all out. Start all over. Yeah. Build, build from scratch. But I think that's kind of, you know, the the crossroads that we're at with the women's national team is we want them to still be good, but there still needs to be some of that turnover, some of those changes that need to be made to keep it fresh, as you guys say, and, yeah. you know, make it so that number one stays number one all the way. Like, you know, we don't want to be number two, we, you know, if not first, you're last, that sort of thing. But I, I think they're, they have a lot of questions that need to be answered over the next few months. It'll be interesting to see how they do that. I did want to trans transition back to the show for the last couple of questions. You guys mentioned a bunch of players that you've interviewed, a bunch of people that you've interviewed on your show. Give me a couple of the good ones. Like, which ones were you like, after you were done, you're like, wow, that was awesome. I can't believe we just got to interview this person and they were awesome. I think the first one that really shocked us was probably Allie Krieger. She was so funny, funnier than some of the comics we've had on the show. Uh, just had like a, a really big personality. And I think it's something that we've talked about before, but it seems like the women's players have such bigger personality than the men's <laughs> players. And I don't know if it's because the men's players maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe they come in with like a, a different idea of what media is and the women's players are just like, hey, we, we, you know, let's show that we're, you know, have great personalities or whatever. So more people pay attention to the sport, whatever, for whatever reason. Uh, they're just absolutely incredible. So I would say Ali Krieger is probably the first one. I mean, look, getting to talk to David Beckham was like a huge, huge thing. Landon Donovan, you know, Christian nearly, you know, like you could see the emotion of him being able to tell like the Algeria story. And we had just talked to Landon about how a million people tell him their uh, their <laughs> Algeria story. And we're like, we're well, uh -huh. gonna get two more. Okay? And now you got a million two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> you know, you're, this is why we brought you here. Like those types of things. Like we never even players saying like, oh, it's about time you asked me to be on the show. And we're like, what? 
you know who we are you know yeah that kind of stuff just never gets old yeah i mean the I mean, there's too many to count at this point. Uh, you, pretty much any. I mean, we had Megan Rapina on uh, recently, and and to get that was to a speak, good one. Yeah, to get to speak to your heroes, and then also they're like, "Oh, you guys are great," and I know you guys. I'm like, "What?" That, that uh, part <laughs> of it is uh, is, is nuts. Um, it's always, like whenever there's like a big player, like our instinct is to be like, "Hey, I'm really sorry." That you have to do this. That you took time out of your day. Like, yeah, we're like, you know, you could be talking to sponsors or something. Like, we just, we never think of ourselves like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, sorry, uh, you were saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we, I mean, we've had a bunch of uh, amazing cops. We had like Roy Wood Jr. Uh, from the, the Daily Show on, who was a, he's a, a Houston Dynamo fan. Uh, so we're like always looking for those uh, people who are like from other, uh, you know, you know other avenues that are into the game like we always say uh, our show is a comedy show first before it's a soccer show so if you're not laughing we're obviously doing our job wrong um and yeah, i mean look there's the the fact that we've gotten to speak to the people that we've uh, had the opportunity to is an absolute dream we are incredibly lucky uh, uh you know i'm glad that the just the the you know, it took a long time to get to this point because there was a lot of time for when we started, people or like two comics talking about soccer. What are you gonna make fun of me? Like everybody was really skeptical. Uh, and now it's gotten to the point where people just like understand what this is about that we're we're not, um, you know, when when uh, w like my mindset, like I always wanted to like write for SNL. That was like my dream. Right. And or, or like to write for a late night show. And, and that's kind of how I approach our show. We're like, why can't there be a late night show about soccer? And and, and, mm -hmm. the, and the guests come on and they talk to the host about and it's it. And, and it's not about, you know, when when soccer players are on uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, uh, everybody's named Jimmy uh, at night for some reason. Uh, but the <laughs> when they're on these shows, it, it is they're they're talking to them like they're these mystical figures like they don't even really understand the game and you know when 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 Zlatan was on Kimmel it's like he's like asking him like he he's like this mythical figure uh, and not really talking about like well how are you gonna handle Toronto FC next week you know what I mean like right. that would be just like a dope uh, experience as well because I think the player will m feel much more uh, open and welcome and and that 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 the person that that, that the, this person this media figure they're talking to like really understands them Mm -hmm. All right. So, Alexis, I know you are the connoisseur of the pizza and you talk about pizza. You, you even famously said, don't tell me your favorite joint because I will have a review for it and you're not going <laughs> to like it. So I'm going to ask you the difficult question of I know you I know you're from Newark. I know you got some slices there, but what's the best one that you've had outside of New York, New Jersey? Because I know you know that's I, I know that's your favorite. But which one's yeah. the best outside? And there is a right answer to this. Well, it's my favorite because it's the only place to find consistently great pizza. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> that's why I like this area. Uh, we know what we're doing. Um, you said there's a right answer, so now I'm interested as to what you think. But uh, I would say the best. So it used to be different. Now I would say the best slice I've ever had outside of uh, the New York, New Jersey area would probably be Apollonia's in Los Angeles. Uh, mm. Justin, who owns it, absolutely incredible. Christian, I took Christian there when we were in LA. Good. Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible. There's some other great ones like, you know, Scotty's up in Portland, uh, Pizza Shoals up in Portland. Uh, Mia, uh, Mia, uh, Mia something. I can't remember the name in San Antonio. Absolutely incredible slices. 
but yeah, Apollonia. If it was in New York, it'd be top five in New York. Easy. It okay. Might even be top four. I've actually been there, so that's your really that's a that's a good shout. I I I know our LA people appreciate that because they talk people talk about how they have trash pizza, but they have some yeah. good pizza. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, they mostly have trash pizza. You know, let's not right forget. right. Everywhere else is garbage, but there's like two or three. There's like two or three <laughs> yeah. in LA that are getting pretty good. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. And the last year's last one I have is about Wait, hold on. the you swag. Said the right answer. Where where were oh, you? Oh, so so my right answer. I'm from Detroit, so Detroit style pizza to me is, is the greatest pizza on earth. Buddies, Jets are always great, but I will say this: in New York, there is a place that I don't know if you've been to. It's called Lions, Tigers, and Squares. Is the closest mm -hmm. to Detroit style pizza that I have had outside Detroit. So. Uh, yeah. Next time you're next time you're in uh, Chelsea Midtown, um, I know that way. Tigers and Squares where they uh, they're the owners of um, Artichoke Artichoke yes. Pizza, which is famous in New mm -hmm. York. Yeah, yeah. So uh, shots to them as well because every time I come through, I try to get a slice. But I'm gonna end with this. You guys obviously, when you are on the show, you guys always get a lot of jersey swag. You get a lot of other swag. I, I see Christian for those who are listening. Is wearing the Megan Reyes shirt, uh, the more yeah. female Black Latinx indigenous, uh, indigenous people in sports, uh, which is always a good shirt. Uh, you always like to rock the jerseys, though. What's your favorite one that you've gotten this year? I know you've gotten a ton, and I've seen your shows where you, or, or your clips where you have them. What's the what's one of the ones that you're like, man? I got this, and I was excited. I had to put it on like right there on the show. Uh, for me, yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, for me, it's a, a, a recent one. So. Um, my family's from the Dominican Republic, uh, from Santiago, and uh, the the there's a, a league, uh, a, a soccer league that started there six years, six seven years ago, the, uh, the La Liga Dominicana de Football, uh, and they uh, I had gone there, uh, Cibao FC played uh, in a Concacaf Champions League match against um, against Chivas. Uh, so I went to DR, I got to visit my family, uh, I brought my girlfriend, and we got to watch soccer in the Dominican Republic, it was uh, so surreal. So I bought a kit, uh, I started rocking it on the show, and then they started, uh, they saw it, uh, and they were being, they were communicating with me and everything, and they just sent me the new kit. So the, there it is, the Alexis holding it up. Um, so that is, um, you know, it, uh, that, that there's just another connection. We are obviously mm -hmm. uh, American soccer fans, uh, but to to connect with the Caribbean and, and where, especially where our our, heri our heritage and and where our families are from, uh, Alexis is Cuban, um, and and for them, you know, Dominicans don't care about soccer. Like we all know that it's a baseball <laughs> country. <laughs> baseball, yeah. So yeah. for them, me like communicating with them and them sending us, uh, they sent us kits. And, and, you know, and kind of the same exact thing that we're talking about. They're fighting so hard to make the sport relevant uh, mm -hmm. in a country where baseball, it's a baseball mad country. And uh, so that part of it, I'm like, oh, th there's a little bit of a connection to like where my family's from, uh, uh, where my grandparents are. Uh, and to, to unbox that kit on the show meant a lot to me. Yeah, that's dope. That's really I, yeah. I remember seeing the clips of that in the show yeah. when you did that. Uh, and again, the thing about you guys, you can you guys show your emotion uh, on the show, which is not something a lot of people do, uh, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alexi, Alexi Lalas was crying on TV the other day. So, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's very <laughs> you rare. Know, but like, you know how you vulnerable like, he is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you could tell how that, that that meant a lot to you to get that jersey yeah, yeah. and receive it and be able to wear it. So that was pretty cool. Alexis. Yeah, um, I actually I purchased a uh, a Cuban national team player that I found a jersey that I found. Um, 
but of all the kits that I get, like I, you know, it's so funny. Like people will send us kits, and like some of them are like, you know, oh, this is like a conceptual kit or whatever. But like uh, every once in a while, we get stuff like this, and and this is just it's really hard for me to pick like a kid I love because I just love kids so much. Like my collection is so big. My wife is just like, please do something. But common, <laughs> Same. Common goal sent this one. Oh and, like, you man. Know, it, it's just so cool, like, the, the, the concept and, you know, shouts to Avery Dennison and Soccer Bible and Common Goal for sending us this kit. But, like, the like kits that mean something, like, the, you know, the idea of when we got into soccer, we obviously were fans of the sport and we understand the reach. But you don't really understand, like, American sports, just there's nothing that, like, that compares to what being a soccer fan actually means. Like, there's there it's about helping people and it's about like it really like the term community is way overused but it really is about like how do you help the other people that also like this sport or how can this sport make a positive change opening uh you know pitches on the sideline like the black players for change um are mm -hmm. doing and things like that like that kind of connection just it's so hard unless you've ever cared about soccer for like one minute you'll just never like i could talk to an nfl fan for days and they just won't get it until they see it for themselves so to see kits like that that are coming out that are like Hey, we know you guys love uh, wearing kids. We're going to make one that's going to help people. It's like, yes, that's what we should all be doing. So stuff like that, I think, really hits me at a moment where I'm like, you know what? Maybe we picked a sport that, you know, is building way slower than we expected. And it's really hard to make a career in and, you know, all these things, you know. And, and But at the end of the day, like, we're going to leave having made a positive influence on somebody, you know. And I think that at the end of the day, that, that whole idea of, like, leave the country or the, the planet a little better than when uh you know when you got here that i feel like soccer does do that and kids like that they, they, i wear them as much as possible because i want people to ask me like hey what is that and then i can have that conversation with them yeah uh common goal is definitely something i actually serve on the uh anti-racist project steering committee so oh great i need to get one of those for myself uh to add to my expanding collection but uh i think the one thing that you guys that you hit on is the community aspect and you guys are certainly a big big part of that community uh, and we appreciate you. So Alexis Guerreros, Christian Polanco, they are the Cooligans. Again, their show is on Thursdays, 7 p.m. on Fubo Sports Network. Their next one is tonight as we record uh, on August 12th. So follow them both individually on Twitter, uh, collectively at Soccer Cooligans. So guys, truly, truly appreciate you coming on the show. I hope to see you guys really soon. We have some World Cup qualifiers coming up. You guys are always welcome to come rock with me. Yes. Party with me. You know how I get down. So if you guys are we'll in the be area, at some of them. Nashville, we'll be at Yeah. Can't Here wait. we go. We'll see you there. <laughs> Detroit pizza on you, baby. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, they, if we had to go to Detroit today. I'm going to take I got to take you to a good spot. Got to <laughs> And that will do it for episode 57 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Again, I want to thank Alexis and Christian of the Cooligans for joining me. Totally appreciate them for taking the time and vibing with me about everything U.S. soccer, jersey swag, pizza related, and just providing the funny once again. A reminder, you can check them out on the Fubo Sports Network, and they also have a podcast feed as well. Go ahead and subscribe to that. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We're going to try and get more guests on here. Probably won't be as funny as the Cooligans, but we can, we'll can we talk about soccer uh, in another way. But rates and reviews are awesome. They really help. So five stars if you like what you're hearing. For any topic suggestions or questions, drop me a line at sssfcpodcast at gmail.com. We will talk to you next time. Take care.